story. I'm going down the sound. Welcome to Pilot Boys, the podcast we review the first episode of the TV shows. My name is Caesar, and today I have two guests. Name yourselves. Uh, Gabriel, rip my pants on Twitter. Oh my fucking <laughs> god! <laughs> and I'm Karen. Uh, and today we are doing Game of Thrones. A rewind. Yeah, so I think from now on we're just gonna be doing. Uh, like a throwback episode every 10 episodes for number 10 we did fresh prince and for this one we did game of thrones and i haven't decided for 30 yet anyway so today we're doing game of thrones and i'm gonna keep it a little looser today because we've all seen it we're all big fans i've read all the books karen's never finished them (laughs) and gabriel I, f- I finished three, okay? I haven't read one book. Uh, right. I haven't read A Dance of Dragons. Right. Funny story is, when we met, she was like, <laughs> yeah, I read every book, and like I met George R. R. Martin, and like, <laughs> Tyrion is like my friend on Facebook. He's my cousin. My cousin. She was cousin. saying all this shit. <laughs> I'm a Targaryen. You um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking swear, dude. <laughs> Uh yeah, so I guess one of the biggest things about the first episode is there's just so much packed in the first episode. There's so much going on. Like and things that we don't even see until what was it, like two seasons ago? Like the Well I mean the first part with the The White Walkers White Walkers is completely That symbol. Yeah. They didn't even explain it till the last season, right? Or the season before. I, I don't even, I still one. don't know what the symbol means. I don't think they've explained it. If I remember correctly, that's the symbol that the children make when they create a thing, right? Yeah, that's like the offering. Yeah, because we see it. The next time we see it is when the baby gets turned or whatever, right? Yeah, I think so. This isn't a spoiler-free episode, obviously, right? No, because we don't even know what it is until like season five. Yeah. We also see it with like those horses, those dead horses. Yeah, and then we also the first time we see it, or the one the, the time when they explain it is when they turn the first guy or whatever. In the flashback. Yeah. Do you remember? Which is not canon, right? That's not like part of the books. I don't remember no, it being. No, I, I think in the books they still have yet to explain how. No, because in the books they just do like they're their own race, like they're in a, they're a race that existed. Well, I think in the books it hasn't even it hasn't even been explained how they've been made just the show's big well no in the book it, well in like the lore they're their own race and they just had like like an armistice right like a ceasefire mm-hmm. to stop fighting because man and what's their faces started like they were fighting like men and the white walkers were fighting no not no, white no, walkers. No, no, no. the children it's of the, the children yeah the first men and the children of the forest were fighting see but in the in the in the show they were created as a response to man right yeah yes which is supposed to be like pollution metaphor right like a we're we're creating them to stop men from destroying the forest right i mean pollution i wouldn't say they took the most extreme response maybe even just like no it's a response to colonialism i guess so i guess pollution and colonialism but definitely colonialism okay well anyway so yeah so we get that 
which is the first symbol in the episode and then like we don't even find out about it until way later and even the white walkers they're like special guest stars like yeah. they don't ever really show up <laughs> but uh i fucking i forgot that there's so much like they foreshadow so much and yeah like the john aaron stuff it's not even just with the john aarons they they're foreshadowing right before that when they find the dead stag and then the dead dire wolf and yeah. I've seen something where that's supposed to represent Robert and Ned, both dead. And, I mean, they both do die in the first uh, season. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, too. I I, I heard about that, too. Well, that, yeah. that literally is it, right? Yeah. yeah. The Baratheon is, like, the death of the Stark or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty true, for the most part. Yeah. All right, so let me go into a quick recap. So, the first episode is about... See, I feel like... All right, before we start that... I feel like this show is really hard to get into when you don't know the names. So I feel like it, it really begs a rewatch. Like when you rewatch it and you already know what the fuck is going on with the world, you get so much more out of it. You're like, oh, okay, well, like now I know who all these characters are and now I know that these characters are important. But the first time you watch it, you're just figuring all this shit out and you're just kind of thrown into this world. You have to pay a super lot of complicated. attention. I had to rewatch it a second time to understand what was going on because I had no idea what was going on the first time I saw it. Yeah, I feel like the first time you watch it, it's like a cursory, like you're just getting a lay mm-hmm. of like what the world is. And then like the second time, like, oh, there's like the the entire premise of the show is in the first episode. Yeah. Like you can pretty much get the world from just the first episode. It's like really dense. Even character relationships, you have to be paying really close attention in order to figure out how they're all related. Yeah. When I first watched it, I didn't think John Aaron was like anything. I was just like, oh, John Aaron is just like, I don't even, I just thought he was just like a person and they're just coming together because they were like old friends. But like now that I watch it, I'm like, oh, well, like they had this shared history that if you're not really that into the world, you would have missed that completely. Mm-hmm. Or even how they introduced like the Stark children. Because with Bran throwing the arrow or shooting the arrow, John says, like, careful because dad is watching, father's watching. And then he also says, also, your mother. So he makes that distinction right away. But if you're not really paying attention to what they're saying, you just assume that they're all siblings from the same parents. Yeah. It really begs, like, an attentive watcher. Yeah, it's also the way Catelyn looks at John. And there's just yeah. these very like distinct looks given to John, and it's it's pretty evident that she does not like him. But you you don't know why, and then you don't even get their names until Robert arrives, and that's when you first yeah. get to know all their names. Mm-hmm. Dude, in the fucking books, I fucking hated Caitlyn so much. She was <laughs> so fucking mean to him. She was like, I think it's later once it's in the second episode when John like pays his respects to Bran after he gets pushed and like yeah. in his parkour career mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah she's just like yeah get, get out of here you fucking little bastard bitch what does she say well she has a whole conversation with him i don't know it's just but in the books i remember her being like being like uh he's leaving to the night's watch and he's just like well i want to see my brother before i leave and she's just like you don't deserve to do that. No, but she, like, blames him or something, right? Because in the books, you get a lot more, like, internal struggle. And he's a reminder 
that Ned cheated. Of the fact that Ned, well, at, at this point we know he didn't, but that Ned possibly cheated. Like, Ned was, like, this perfect person, but then he's a reminder that Ned did something bad. And she, like, blames him for it. She blames John, and she doesn't blame Ned, which is interesting. Well, anyway, let me, let me get into the recap. So, the first episode, the king of this world, Winterfell, comes to the north because there's been a death of one of their mentors, which his name is John Aaron. And he was the hand of the king, which is like the second second in command. And he wants Ned to take over. And Ned is thinking about that. And they have a celebration. And that's pretty much the first episode. That's like the gist of it. But there's a lot of intricate like character connections. And like they establish a lot of relationships. And even like some of the history is, is kind of touched on. Like they talk about how you helped me take over the kingdom. And like... Even like Ned talking to Jamie, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that. Like, Jamie's obviously like an athlete and he's like a showman. He likes to fight, but Ned is like, he only fights to kill. He only fights to. It's a duty thing for him, whereas Jamie's still kind of young. He has like the bravado and he wants to fight. But obviously, that's, that's alluding to the Kingslayer thing where Jamie killed the last king the mad king so and ned is like such a a man of honor like an honorable man that he mm-hmm. like hates him yeah yeah i think that that exchange between that we see between ned and jamie that first time around during the feast i think it's so important and it it shows like their character like philosophy in just that little exchange yeah. because throughout the first season that's such like they have such conflicting views yeah. on a lot, of, a lot of things, even in King's Landing as the season goes on. So I like that. I did too. And especially because, like, Jamie in the initial, especially in the first episode, like, nobody really likes him because he's kind of, like, the handsome, like, kind of a dick person. Because you, you you start to think that he's the same as Cersei, which is, like, not Cersei, but Cersei, <laughs> who's, like, this, this like, very stone faced, like hard character. But later on in the show you find out that like he's way more human and he's he has way more compassion than Cersei does. Like he's not as self serving as Cersei is. And that little interaction is such a like small scene. It's just like what, like thirty seconds? But like you get so much more when you rewatch it. Because they don't really have much interaction after the first season, for obvious reasons. But yeah, what else stood out to you guys that you didn't catch the first time? Or how many times have you seen the episode? I think this is my fourth or fifth time watching the episode. So... What was your experience the first time watching it? <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. At the end of the of the episode i was just like okay these people are having sex why is that such an important scene because i didn't catch the relation in the first time i saw it so rewatching it the second time i was like oh okay so he saw a brother and sister having sex and she's married to the king and yeah. that's when it started making a lot more sense so yeah what about you yeah well actually to keep on that point that it was hard to establish or even recognize that they're twins uh i was reading that during testing phases of the pilot 
mm-hmm. um everybody had that question it's just like i don't i didn't even know like why is it so bad that they're they're having an affair like people did not have any idea that they were supposed to be twins yeah. so what they went what they did what the creators did after like in post production was they added in like a line where Arya says like when they all when the king's uh like entourage shows up Arya says like oh that's Jamie the queen's twin sister yeah that was like <laughs> the only part in the entire sh- episode that felt very like expositional because everything else is pretty straightforward they don't really do much exposition yeah i thought that was funny because yeah even even though they, they added that line we still don't really get that in yeah the, the first, first time i watched it i was just like oh they're fucked up they just pushed the little kid down <laughs> down the stair or down the fucking building but i, I was like oh it's just because they're just assholes there's also the scene where robert and um ned go into the crypts and they talk about liana and then robert mentions the targaryens and there's yeah. this connection to him, the Lyanna and the Targaryens, and then they pan into Pentos, where you, we first see Daenerys and Viserys? Or Viserys? Yeah. Viserys. Viserys. Viserys? We get to meet them, and we get to meet Il- Illyrio? Yeah, Illyrio. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I think that the sequencing of the, the episode is, like, really nice, because everything bleeds into each other. Like... Like, even the little things, like, you see a raven, they show, like, a shot of Winterfell, and then you see this raven go in, but you're like, oh, it's just, like, a little, that's, like, a nothing. It's just, like, a little bird going into this this place. But then you find out that, I didn't even, I didn't catch this, I've seen it a bunch of times, and I didn't catch it that when Caitlyn goes to Ned, where he's, like, sharpening his sword at the Weirwood, which is the, the, yeah, and he's like, oh, I just, she's like, oh, I just received word that your fucking homie died. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah? <laughs> I didn't even catch. There was just, like, such a little thing. There's just so much. Even, like, Daenerys' little pins. Mm-hmm. They had the three dragons. The dragons, yeah. And I didn't even notice that the first. There's just so much details in all of the entire first episode. And Cal Drogo's pecs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think those are added in post-production, though. Oh, were those they? Those aren't real. Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, that's... Honestly, that's just, like woman gaze shit you know mm-hmm. anyway what are you saying also like it, it's a little weird because they obviously don't go into the age of the characters but you know from the books that daenerys is 13 and she's pretty much being raped by kill drogo even though they don't show it it's pretty heavily implied i mean they don't they don't mention the age in the show because obviously it'd be a lot more controversial and yeah. that i thought that was really interesting to see how they age the characters in the show. It's so weird because, like, it's legit rape, but the way that the character is set up is, like, later on, it's the spoilers, I guess, for anyone who hasn't seen it at this point. She falls in love with him, and, like, she, va- she like, willingly is in a relationship with him. It felt like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of Stockholm syndrome Like, she had no choice, so she just decides to start fucking him and, like, a way that she wanted to and then she starts she starts to like want to have a kid or she's pregnant right yeah um yeah but it i don't know it, it it feels maybe it's like just supposed to be a commentary on the way arranged marriages were set up in the middle ages in the medieval time and it's so brutal the way viserys talks about how he would let cal drogo's um clan and all his horses pretty much rape daenerys if it meant him having an yeah. army 
Like, you just get to see, you get some insight into how Viserys' character doesn't care about his sister and all he cares about is the throne. He's just a, like, cold man. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting to see, too. Yeah, more foreshadowing when uh, Viserys is asking, like, you know, where, yeah, like, about the crown. Just like, oh, don't worry, you'll have your crown someday. He'll give you your crown in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. that spoilers. That's one of like the most brutal parts of this first season. I forgot Jorah was in the first episode. Yeah, dude. What a fucking nerd. He gave her books. Like, oh. <laughs> He's like, yo, I got you some books. But he was a spy. And the other guy's like, oh. He was a spy during Yeah, the I forgot about that. But like, even, like, I think there's just, I like, I mean, obviously, you get way more when you watch it the second time or the third time. But like, he says that he's Sir Jorah from the island of Mormont, right? Or what is Bear, it? Bear Island. Island. But he obviously doesn't talk about like his disgrace from Bear Island or like what happened with what was yeah. going on there. He just introduces himself as some like simple character, as someone who's just like, I'm here to help you who's out. Who's been faithful. Yeah. yeah. He's been faithful to the Targaryen claim. Then we see uh, Illyrio give her the dragon. Yeah, egg. he's trying to show <laughs> And that's the final present she gets. He's, he's trying to show up fucking Jorah's like lame ass books. <laughs> Don't worry about these books. <laughs> they give her snakes. <laughs> he's like, oh, you got her books? That's cool. <laughs> Check me out. <laughs> I really like the relationship between Jamie and Tyrion because we don't really get much at this point. Like throughout the show, we get it. But it's like, I think they set it up pretty well. Like where they obviously care about each other. In a way that, like, Cersei and Tyrion don't care about each other. And I think it's the only real relationship in the show that Tyrion has. Because all his other relationships are pretty transactional. Like, the only person who's really actually nice to him was Jamie. Like, everyone else at the end of, mm-hmm. like, after everything settles, like, was pretty shitty to him. And they expected money or, like... They had to serve him. Advice. advice. Like, no one actually truly cared yeah. about him. And I thought that was that was interesting to see because, like, he legitimately, like, they were, like, pals. Like, they really cared about each other. Which, you know, at, at this point, it's, they don't like each other, which is unfortunate. Mm. Yeah, now, now. And then from Pentos, we go back to Winterfell right after. Yeah. And that's when, like, I hate Sansa's character so much in the early seasons. Because even in the first episode, you just see, like, her only desire is to get married to Joffrey, and that's what her life revolves around. So, yeah, I like seeing Arya be really different from her. I guess that's why a lot more people like her. But Sansa's just so, oh, I want to get married, and oh, Joffrey's so beautiful, and I can't wait to marry him. I just, I, I guess I'm not a fan of the way her character is written, but... In the first episode? Yeah. I agree, because I hated her up until I read the books, and it was, like, book four, where you get, like, all her internal struggle, where she's, like, under Cersei, and, like, she, like, fucking hates her, and, like, she's, like, struggling. She, like, hates herself for being that, like, naive girl who just wanted to get married. The books do a better job at, like, highlighting her internal struggle with like being this naive child yeah versus in in the show i mean i don't know if it's the actress or they just didn't write much to that character you kind of just dislike her until she becomes kind of like a badass 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even the show, she just, in this episode, she was just such a little, like, spoiled brat. She's just like, there's all, like, you have to tell dad to take, to be the hand of the king, like, so I can be queen someday. This is the only thing I've ever wanted, you yeah. know? She just sounds spoiled. But, yeah, in the books, you do get more, like, internal struggle from her that you don't really get. It doesn't reflect that way on screen. Yeah. You just can't do that. I think you also just, you get tired of seeing her get, like, tortured and beat. And it, you just want her as a character to get out of that. But it comes very late in the series. Yeah. So maybe that's also why. One of the things that I noticed that I didn't notice the first couple times I watched it was Robert talking about uh, what happened to... Liana? Liana. Like, he was like, every, I dream of killing him every day. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I would have never caught that. Like, because it's just such a... Like, even the even the fact that he goes to visit Liana and then the way that the episode is set up, you're kind of like, oh, they went to go... Vi-. The first time I watched it, and I've watched it a couple times, every time I thought that they went to the crypts just to go visit John, like, John Aaron's body, and I'm like, oh. And, like, this time, I'm like, oh, well, they're paying respects to Liana because she's from Winterfell and, like... He had a relationship with her, but that's like it's like really dense, and if you don't really know what's going on, you could get lost pretty easily. Yeah, and jo- John Aaron's at King's Landing. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know he was at fucking King's Landing. <laughs> the first yeah. time I watched it, that's when you first. The first meet- couple times, I thought he was with Lysa back in the fucking. No. Yeah, I didn't know that shit. So, how do you think that the show has changed from the first episode? Like, how far do you think it's come, and do you think it's in a better place? Or a worse place. Gabby. Obviously the writing for season seven wasn't as good as like the earlier seasons. But I think now there's a lot more, like you've said before, like fan service. Where before it was, uh, we were mainly going off the books. And it was just, there was just a lot, I think, more attention to detail in the earlier seasons. And now it's just kind of like the show feels a little bit scrambled. And it's just like, oh, let's just get to the point of this and that. And there's not much... There's, like, no build-up anymore in, in the later seasons. Yeah. Like there was in the earlier seasons. I also feel like the earlier seasons had the benefit of not knowing whether or not this was going to be, like, a huge success. Versus, like, in the new seasons, they already know that the show is going to survive with or without them. They know that this show is going to do well if it's good or even if it's bad. Like, it doesn't even matter. That's how big the show has gotten, that they'll just keep going forever. The train the train will keep on rolling. I think that's a double-edged sword because it means that the show's quality will suffer and they'll just start giving the fans what they want. But also, they, they've, like, logistically, they just ran out of content because they caught up to the books. Like, it... They outran the show. They outran the books. They outran the source material. So now they're just winging it, and I think it shows a lot. Where like in the first couple of seasons, there was just so much attention to detail, and like there was so much attention to character structure and setting, and a lot of that stuff. A lot of the reason why we love the show, particularly the first season, is because they set up these expectations that we had already known from other fantasy genres, and they completely subverted in a way that felt fresh. And I feel like the later seasons just kind of lose that because they don't have as much to prove. Yeah. 
take Ned and like John, for example, where you want, you expect Ned to succeed because he's the good man, but he gets killed in like the sixth episode. As where John has survived like three, four different times in the show already, and you kind of just expect him to never die. And it just feels kind of, you know, hackneyed and it's just like, okay, we get it. Like, is he just not going to die throughout the series? Is he just being written to succeed and, like, take the throne at the end? Yeah, like, the show presented itself. And I think Wisecrack did a really good job at talking about, like, why the most recent season wasn't as good compared to the other seasons. And it's because that the show presented itself as something else. Like, it presented itself as the answer to the fantasy genre where, like, there's a traditional story character structure or, like, a character arc and it's not going to follow that, but at the end of the day, they're still doing it. Like, they presented... If John had died just the way that... Uh, I guess all of this is spoilers. If Spoiler alert. If John had died the way that Ned had died, then it would have been, like, a completely subverted show. Because, I mean, I think one of the saving grace of the books, it could be that John doesn't come back to life. Because... He already, I mean, if I was, if I was J.R.R. Martin and I knew that people aren't digging like the new Game of Thrones stuff, I would just create something completely new because if that's not working, why are you going to follow along with it? Just do something else. Follow in the line of what you had already established, like subvert the genre. Yeah. So then do those books become fan fiction based on the show? <laughs> I don't know. Because... You know, now the show and the books are kind of intertwined in a way that nobody could have predicted. Everybody thought that the books would have been finished by now, but now they're not. I think that the a good example of something similar to this is The Walking Dead. And, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm out of pocket here, but I think that the the comics, are they stayed pretty good. Um, even though they got, as far as they did, some, some comic fans will disagree. But it's because Robert Kirkman, because he also worked on the show, he made like a decision to make it completely unlike the show. Like he didn't want them to be the same thing. He didn't want to be working on the same thing because they're two different things. Like you have, we've already talked about some of the things, some of the benefits of reading the book where you can talk about like the internal struggles. You can't really do that in a visual medium like TV. And I think to just make, to write a book based on what's happening in the show would just make it a series that is unlikable. So I think he has like a a trump card. Like he could make something new that continues to be fresh on like the way that the show is just starting to fall into these hero tropes or like these tropes that we already understand and know and we're already kind of tired of. Yeah, the show can also be seen as like, I mean, if he's seeing how fans are reacting, it can also be used as an experiment for him to decide whether to take a different path when he's writing or to keep it the yeah. same. So I think it it works in his favor that the show's ahead of the books. But I think they've also said the book, like the the series, um, the books are going to end differently from the TV show. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... It's not going to be the yeah. exact same thing. I mean, at this point, they're a little different. Like, they're obviously not the same. But... Actually, I think they're, I think they're pretty like radically different. Not yeah. radically, but like there's a at lot this of point. At this point, characters have been added, and 
some have been like killed. There's just so there's so many more characters in the books. Yeah. And so many more plot lines in the books than there are in the show for like the sake of time. Yeah. So things have changed already. What do you guys think about like what's going on with George R. R. Martin? Imagine creating something that successful and you just have all this pressure to like create it and no matter what like nobody somebody's not going to be pleased with what you write like do you think the response for him is just like to not write it or do you think it's like to just put something out yeah if i were him i probably wouldn't want to finish writing it because there's just so much expectation now before it was just you know it was a popular series but it wasn't like as it is now there wasn't like this huge spotlight on him and this all this pressure to like write the perfect ending for a series that everybody loves now. Yeah. There's so much pressure on him. I don't think I'd be able to finish. If I were him, I wouldn't be able to write it or even envision it the way I wanted to envision it without thinking of this huge audience. Yeah. I wonder if the TV show is like one of the worst things that ever happened to him <laughs> creatively. <laughs> He loves it though. You think so? I think so. I think he loves working on a show. He loves like well, he no longer works for it. I think he's like a producer now, but he's not a writer anymore. Because he's just like I just can't like mm-hmm. I if I'm continue to write, I'm never gonna finish this fucking book. Like how much does he want to finish it though? Like because I mean he, we can all assume that he's pretty like rich now, right? Yeah. He's probably like. He's probably like, uh, what's her face? Like J.K. Rowling now. He's probably like one of the most successful writers at this point. No, I don't think that works, though. No, I don't think he's obviously. Well, I don't know. No. Let me, I'll check. Let me fact check you. Well, I mean, okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's more successful or like he's, he's richer than her because obviously she has, she has like a new movie deal with the fantastic stuff. Yeah. He's worth 65 million. Oh no, J.K. Rowling's worth like over a hundred. She was a billionaire for was a she? while. Yeah, I thought she was a billionaire. Yeah. No, not anymore. Well, She's... she gave away a bunch. Yeah. She did like a bunch of philanthropic shit. It still has one billion on here. Yeah. But you can't compare the success of. I mean, I guess you can compare. But Harry Potter is is also a fantasy book, a fantasy series, but it's. It, it's a different audience. Like, it was geared towards children. Yeah, and it's more acceptable. It's, it's just, it's different. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, she had the benefit of, like, being at the end of it when the movies were, like, still going through the rounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she was already through it, and she didn't really have to compete with the movies in the way that he does. Mm-hmm. So, like, the show is kind of like the wor- one of the worst things happened to his creativity, maybe. Like... It could be one of the sole reasons why he can't write the fucking book. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think it's his. It's kind of a problem of his own making. Yeah. Because everybody thought that he would have been finished by now. When the show started, he was already on book four, and he says, "Hey, it's only more." It's no, he was already on book. He was on book five. Five. Book five came out the year the show premiered. Yeah. Two thousand eleven. Yeah. Like it's it's. I think it's a problem of his own making. Or I think the year after it premiered, but it was still in the, the early odds. But it's been fucking eight years now. Seven years. Maybe maybe he's writing both books. <laughs> you think so? Simultaneously. He also, in the books, he also wrote himself into a knot. Like yeah. he, he, Where I, do whores go? Yeah, like, 
he's kind of hit a standstill in the books. The books are not all that great. Yeah. Because there's just so much going on. Yeah, the last book was trash. We can all admit that. Oh, wait, you guys haven't read it. That's interesting. That's know, interesting how you guys are fans, but you haven't read it. Oh, I know, wow. I know. What, what else stands out to you guys? Like, what, what is, what's some things that you picked up in this viewing that you didn't pick up before? Oh, the letter. The letter that Catelyn and Ned receive while they're in their chair. Oh, yeah. Fucking. The letter that started Dude. it all. Dude, and then, like, later on you find out that there's one person who, like, started it all. Yeah, and it's just insane to think that that one letter was what led, like, the event, like the events that are going yeah, on now, dude. and that one person's pretty much behind everything that's happened. Like, and he's not so even far. in the pilot; like, he's not. He's such an integral part to the story. Well, I mean, he comes on the second episode. Yeah, but still, like, I guess it makes sense that he's not in the first episode because that's his thing. For those who are unaware, spoiler alert: we're talking about Littlefinger. Eventually, you find out that he was the one behind John Aaron being poisoned. Yeah, yes. I think he was poisoned. Yeah. Yes. And him and yeah. Liza. But he's like working. I wonder if I mean, well, at this point, I think because what there was four books out already, there's a lot of foreshadowing. Um, going on, like I think at that point they had revealed it already, right? No, well, it happens in the third book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The third book where, yeah, yeah, yeah. where him and Liza have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of foreshadowing. I don't think it just they were already, they were like, oh, we planned it out, and then no, like it, yeah. it was already established. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things that the show is fortunate in the first season because they had so much source material to like translate to the viewer, and I think the first episode does a really good job at doing that. Even if it's really dense, I think it's one of those shows where if you just watch it, the first episode, it's one of those episodes where if you just watch it, you'll pick up the general idea that, like, a friend wants another friend to come help him run the kingdom. But yeah. once you, like, understand the world, as as we do with any series, you start to realize that there's so much going on and, like, they're revealing a lot about themselves. And I think that's one of the, the strengths of the first episode. Yeah, like Ned's already putting himself in danger, knowingly putting himself in danger, and Ketlin isn't okay with him doing that. And that's that. I mean, they obviously know that he's in danger, but the letter pretty much drives them to actually go to King's Landing and be the Hanford Robert and investigate the truth about John Aaron's death. So there's a lot going on in the first episode. Yeah. It was so weird seeing Rob because he's like, I felt like he was in the fucking show forever, but he was legitimately there for like. Seasons. How many characters are in the first episode that die off and aren't in the dude? So many of them. Most recent like, season, more than half. Mo- all the main characters in the first episode are no longer with us. How about we start with the ones that are still alive? I think that's okay. easier. Uh, Arya, John, Sansa, Danny, Jamie, Tyrion, Bran, Cersei. Is that it? I think I that's, that's it. it. All the wolves are dead. On um, Benjen. Oh no! Wait, does Benjen? Did Benjen die? Benjen. Benjen's dead. Nah, dude. Benjen comes back. No, I think he did die. But he's like, he's yeah, now he dead. Yeah, he died saving John. Yeah. I mean, technically he's been dead, right? Dude, fucking Karen pointed out that, like, Bran will never, well, this is the first and only time we see him fucking climb walls and shit. <laughs> it's like such an, like, in the books, they make it seem like 
this is like his career and like he climbs fucking mountains for fun and then like you just see it for one episode and like he never climbs anything but like beds and shit so even an episode it's like a second he's climbing for, for a second and then- it's like doing little tricks doing like little flips and shit there's foreshadowing right from the beginning where Catelyn hasn't promised to never climb again and then you know that's gonna yeah. be pretty much listen to his mom lead into something Honestly, though, I think it was John's fault because he's a bastard, you know? <laughs> it's all oh, his fault. That's her theory. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's, what Kay, that's what Kayla thinks. And then we get that infamous quote, the things I do for love at the end. See, I like... Yeah. I wish my brother told me that, you know? For real, dude. I wish my brother <laughs> fucked me. So much, <laughs> when, no, when he fights but... me, he doesn't say nice things like that. <laughs> <laughs> right my ancestral relationship isn't that amazing For real, but dude. um it, it's interesting because i mean he's obviously very in love with her and i don't even get that from her in the first episode yeah. it's just like she just seems very like oh you've served your purpose you've given me what i love the most which are my kids and that's it and then in the later seasons you start seeing jamie develop like this kind of hate towards uh cersei so yeah and I think I don't ever really think that Cersei ever truly loved Jamie. I think I think yeah, I for think any so more than anything was an act of defiance against her dad because he wanted to marry her off to someone else. And Robert. Yeah, like it was just like I don't think Jamie to her was like a like she was in love with him. She just liked to like fuck around with him. Yeah, it all, like narcissism. Even in the books it's just like she always wanted to be she wanted to have the, all the power that men have. Yeah. And because she has a twin brother, it's like she can actually see, like, if I were a guy, then I would have everything that Jamie has. So it's more yeah. of a, like, narcissistic lust, penis envy. Yeah, it's like she's fucking herself. <laughs> it's also interesting to see, like, Robert Tate towards the Targaryens and how the Targaryens are traditionally ancestral. But then you have Cersei over here having an ancestral relationship with her brother and Joffrey turns out to be a mad king. So I think like there's like that, you know, whole underline going on in the like inheritance of the madness. Yeah, it's, it's just it's crazy to see. Do you guys think that George R. R. Martin doesn't like incest? Maybe. <laughs> I think he does. He really likes it. <laughs> like he really likes it. He's like, hey, guys, I've been telling you guys that <laughs> That's I want to fuck my sister That's like his... this whole time. <laughs> That's his fetish. Uh, that's his kink. We don't kink shame on watch, watch, watch the first. <laughs> watch the first book be dedicated to his sister. Oh, no. Let me let me look at it honestly. Because uh, <laughs> I know he does okay. have to my wife. In like parentheses, like please fuck me. <laughs> yeah, this is like not a PC episode. It is not. Well, because we're talking about Game of Thrones. All right. What what else did we miss? Theon. Oh, yeah, Theon fucking, is, like, not a character. He has such a fucking kiss-ass, dude. Oh. Theon. Oh, Theon. Oh, I hated Theon. He has, like, two lines, and they're both, like, snarky remarks. He's like, I don't take orders. I don't take orders from you. <laughs> Theon hey. with a penis. That's who he was. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. That's the, that's the OG right there. <laughs> their accents. I think their accents are bad. Like, the western... Like, the no, the northern accents. They're bad? They're bad. What do you mean? They're just like too deep. I think they get they get they start to feel Oh, like they feel more at home. At home like they with domesticate them. them yeah. Home. But okay. at the first episode they just sound like 
They're put like they're putting on the voice. Yeah, they're putting on like a lower voice. Gotcha. I can see that. Tyrion's accent is bad too. It just sounds odd, cause like we all know him to be like an American. Well, I don't know. I think most people know him to speak English, English. But yeah, I agree. I think, and it was weird to see Tyrion with fucking blonde hair. That was like an idea they just totally. What scrapped. colors is her now? It's like brown. It's like dirty blonde. Yeah. Nah, dude, that's like blonde, blonde. Though. Yeah, in this episode, his hair is blonder. No, yeah, yeah, but like now, I think it's like a little more brown. I think it was an idea that they thought about. They were trying to like relate him to Jamie and Cersei, but they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not sticking through with that. We also see the we get the first taste of sex position with Roz and Tyrion in bed in the whorehouse, where she's like, I hear the the queen has an imp brother. You know, she kind of like. Talks about that while they're in uh, bed. Yeah, I guess there is a lot of sex position. I never thought about that. That's like what the show's known for. Yeah, it was very heavy in the fr- like early seasons. I never thought about it like as sex position. That's a- Did you come up with that? The first vagina I saw. It was on HBO. <laughs> they don't show vaginas on HBO. Yeah, they did. When one of the whores is on the wagon, she's riding off and she flashes her vagina, I think, at Theon. And I was just like, oh, okay. But not the not the vagina. It just show like the mound. Not the inside, but the lips. Like, you could see it. What do you mean? Yeah. Let me let me look this shit up real quick. Gabby's <laughs> traumatized. <laughs> it's like okay, we're going all in. I didn't sign up for this. Is the only character you identify with? Uh, Renly. Renly. Oh. Do, do you stand? Do you stand Renly uh, or what? I do not. I stand Varys. Okay. Yo, That's he's an androgynous. Said. He's a queer icon. <laughs> he's a mer- an androgynous mermaid. Yeah, he's a fucking androgynous mermaid. mermaid. Did you see that video? <laughs> yes. The theory video. <laughs> it's about. I said it to you. We're fucking. What's his What's his name? Varys. Is Varys. Like, he's a mermaid, and the way he travels so fast is because he goes through like the aqueducts of, oh, of no. King's Landing right? this is, yeah we've talked we yeah, talked yeah. about this a while ago but I haven't seen the video yeah. it's pretty funny the it's animation. an old thing <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah it's such a stupid video but he might be he might be so what do you guys think is like the major theme of the first episode Kill Drogo's pecs like there's there's plenty of themes which is like I think duty <sighs> well yeah I think I think the biggest person or like the person that we relate the most to is ned right like the the person we're attached most to is ned i didn't like ned really i love ned i just felt like his whole like oh things are this way because they've been this way and it came off kind of toxic like when he took brand to the beheading of the deserter like i was just like he's still a kid and like the way he responds to caitlin just seems very macho and i didn't like that about him so, like, Ned wasn't really my favorite in the first episode. I liked um, Daenerys a lot more in the first episode. She was so, like, not a character yet. Mm. It's so weird to But me. you just felt really bad for her. Like, I think maybe that's why. And Bran was really cool. But I think you're right. Duty, even with Daenerys' show. Yeah, even with, like, the start of the episode where they're talking about, like, the where we get the, what is it, the brothers... What were they called? The Night's Watch? Yeah. And then it cuts off. They, like, all get killed. It cuts off to the theme song. And then um, and then we see him again, and he, they catch him because he was a deserter. Yeah. And they have to kill him because he swore an oath 
Yeah, it's like the yeah. abandonment of duty. Yeah. The way that duty, like, can ruin your life. Yeah. Or change your life. Law is law. Yeah. Ned is bound to his duty as... Protector of the North yeah, and his friend. Yeah, as a father and a friend. Daenerys is bound to her duty to her brother. Well, she has no choice, though. Yeah. But she yeah. still has to... Yeah. I mean, she still she still follows through, but she doesn't really have a choice. And then the infamous, like, quote where Ned's, like, the man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. And you see John like living by those words in like the most recent season too so yeah i mean well i think it's it's overt that john is supposed to be ned's like spiritual successor like mm-hmm. his actual successor he's so frustrating though john or ned john in the new seasons you mean yeah why because he went to go fight because he went to- <laughs> that was so fucking stupid let's go steal a white walker like some national treasure <laughs> bullshit <laughs> This sounds like a good idea. Yeah, he just made really dumb decisions. He's like, hey, guys, uh, you think if we stole one, maybe <laughs> they'll believe me? I think it makes sense that he makes dumb decisions because he wasn't raised to be a leader. He's yeah. like a reluctant leader, and now he kind of doesn't know what to do with that power. Yeah, his is like, I think, I think the theme of duty is continues with most of the Starks. Yeah, I think I think even Sansa like continues that for a long time. Arya is the most defiant one, I think, because she doesn't really have much of a duty. Yeah, she just cares about vengeance. Mm. She just cares about like enacting her will. Duty has also led them to like a very dark path. Like a lot of them do face pretty harsh consequences because of their duty, yeah. or because they fail. Yeah, so it's Rob died because he didn't fulfill. Yeah. The rule breakers are the ones who pretty much thrive in that world. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why the show like it feeds into like the subversion, like not playing by your quote unquote fate, like the what what was set out for you and doing something else. Those are the people who end up surviving. But I mean it I think there is no like the show doesn't favor people who are defiant or spit in the face of set out paths because it also punishes people who do that yeah like people ned like even ned yeah and i think at the end of the day a lot of people still find themselves in deep duty (laughs) can't can't look at you right now it's so bad oh god i was saving it i was saving it for a while anyway you guys kept saying duty so i was like you know uh all right let's get into the broken tvs oh by the way we are still trying to figure it out but we recorded our banner for the website and it is a broken tv or tv being broken but it only works for desktops it doesn't work for mobile we're still trying to figure that out uh which i mean most people i think access the site through mobile but if you haven't checked it out we actually do have a lot of traffic. Oh. Like over like 4,000 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. We get like a pretty good traffic. What does that mean? That means that uh, I'm famous now and... But where are your up. views? Are people even <laughs> listening to you? Uh, oh. Are people listening to you? You believe this, this guy right now? Uh-huh. I don't know. So we haven't set up like... Uh, 
we haven't set up a stats place for the mute for the like people listening to the podcast because you have to pay for it. You know, and Caesar lets kind of his podcast play on loop while he's asleep. No, <laughs> I would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> my secret, my secret is out. Forty accounts to review his own podcast. Anyway, as I was saying, because I'm super famous now. Um, <laughs> like, all right, so let's get into the ratings. <laughs> like, we give broken TVs as the rating. So. Kara, go first. Did How does this work, though? I mean, it's a rewind episode. We know that it's going to end next season. Yeah, but season. we're not doing predictions. We're doing ratings. Like, Predict- out of oh. one to five, how many broken TVs Oh, I see, it? I see. The first episode. The first episode. I guess I haven't really been paying attention to your podcast. Oh, wow. I've been listening to every episode. <laughs> I do. She's, not, she's not one of the 4,000. She's not. I'm not. <laughs> Did I say 4,000? I meant 4 million. Sorry. Is it, it's out of five, right? Yes. Mm, I thought it was a solid pilot. I'll give it a four. Oh, that's it? You're not going to like explain it? Do I have to? Yeah. <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> uh, maybe a 3.5. I don't know. Really? Just, yeah. It's just, it's a lot. We've said it so many times. We've re- watched it and rewatched it so many times. And each time we realize how much information is in there. And as a viewer, it's just so confusing. Right, you want right. the pilot to be easy to like understand, but there's just so many relationships in there that a person going into it. All right, how about this? Give it two scores. Give it one for the first time viewing, like if you're this is your first time watching it. And then one is like a fan, like a fan of the universe. So yeah, like a three for the first if I were if this were my first three time watching 5. it. A three. If this is my first time watching it, I give it a four as a fan. Okay. What about you, Gabby? I think I'm also like, as a first time watcher, I think I'd give it like around a three as well, just because it was really hard the first time I watched it, like to follow along. But as someone who loves Game of Thrones, I think I'll probably give it a five because there's just so much in the first episode that lead up to like what the series is now. So there's a lot going on and watching, like going back and watching it. There's a lot of things you catch on, and it, as a viewer, it makes you really like, you know, excited to see those things in the first episode since like you didn't catch it the first time. So I think I'm gonna give it a five because it is one of my favorite shows too. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the first time watching it, and this is just like, obviously, this is like the multiple viewing of the one of the multiple viewings I've seen it. But the first time I watched it, I really enjoyed the first episode. I thought it was like. I thought it was a solid first episode. It had intrigue. It left off on like a small cliffhanger. And I was interested to see this world. I was interested to see who all these characters are. Even if I didn't know all of them and I missed some things, I thought it was a really solid episode. Like, And then watching it again, it just further solidifies like why I think the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones are some of the best television ever. But yeah, the first time I would give it my first time around i would give it like a four and i think now i would definitely give it a five because i think this is like top notch like one of the best pilots i've ever seen because it i think the the what defines a pilot for me or like what a pilot should be is it should encapsulate the entire world in the first episode and it sets up what it's going to be about we know that there's a lot of intrigue and there's a lot of death and there's a lot of sex 
and we're just gonna see that unravel obviously it takes like some crazy turns but they highlight some of the things that are gonna come up white walkers dragons fucking imps titties (laughs) you know plural do we ever see another little person in the show no no imp singular (laughs) so yeah i think i think the first episode is yeah it's a five for me i think it's one of the best pilots i've ever seen um so karen you want to talk about how you were wrong or (laughs) you want to do that this is dragging on yeah why this is going on forever oh okay why are you still talking you guys suck man did you catch my why don't i invite you guys (laughs) no he said he was dragging on too long ah Good job, bitch. Wow. Good job. Good job. I didn't even. I didn't even I catch it. it. All right. How long do you guys see this show going for? Are you serious? <laughs> Forever. Well, I mean, they are doing spinoffs, so we can talk about that. If we're being honest, this show is dragging on too long. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I honestly do think so. I think it should have ended a few seasons. Yeah. Ago. I think they should have wrapped it all up a while ago. I, I don't think they. Could have, but I think they could. They could have found a way. If they had better writers, maybe. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you for listening. This is your uh, pilot speaking. I wouldn't do that anymore. Please. Oh, why? That's the best please. part. Karen, do it, Karen, Please do it. Do it. I need to hear it. Do it. I need, I need to, to hear it. Passengers, you've landed. Um, no, but like, seriously. Uh, oh my god! Uh, no, that was so bad. Raiders, Raiders, five stars on itunes because it really helps the show i feel i feel like so funny saying that because like you know we've been doing this for a little while now but it still doesn't feel like that legitimate you know what i mean like we're still we're working on it we're working through it but like all the people who have like actual podcasts are like oh like rate us five stars on itunes it helps people find the show and it helps if you really want to help people... us out, go to your iTunes yeah. store or wherever yeah. you listen to podcasts and read us five stars. We would highly oh, appreciate wow. it. Oh, wow. Smash that like button. Yeah, smash that <laughs> fucking like button, dude. And subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. The dragons are now landing. Thank you for flying with us. Oh, wow. <laughs> and to your left, you'll see Winterfell. He's landing, burning. <laughs> and to your right, you'll see... Give me one. I don't have anything. Um, Pentos. All right. Well, that's it. That's it, right? right. Say the thing, though. Say it. Say it right. What is it? Your little thing, your little sign-off. No, I'm embarrassed because you're in front of me. Just say it. Well, get away. Passengers, we have landed. All right. Well, this was... What episode was this? 20? That was so This is episode 20. We'll see you episode 21. I'm doing mines next. And I'll have another guest star. All right. Bye. Bye. Peace.